This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now, in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Tarzan and the Hooded Death. Tarzan had long since come to the conclusion that man was the cruelest of all the jungle creatures. And although the native tribe with whom he had spent the past few months had been friendly enough, it was good to be alone again. He wore a contented smile as he entered the clearing near his seacoast cabin. Suddenly he stood motionless. From inside the cabin came the scent of man. He crept to the door noiselessly, and then he flung it open. Who's in here? I sense your presence behind that curtain. Step out into the room or I'll send an arrow through your heart. No. No, don't shoot, Nugu. A, a native boy. Who are you? What do you want? I am Nugu, and I mean no harm. I came only because I heard of Tarzan's magic. I have no magic. Nugu find much magic here. Small animals that hang on wall and do not move or make sound. A few simple pictures. Thin white bark bearing many strange bugs. <laughs> Printed books. Sitting mats with long legs like Twigger. Mats with legs like a giraffe? <laughs> oh, those are what the time on Ghana called chairs. These things belong to my real parents, whom I never knew. They are strange to you, perhaps, but they're not magic. But Tarzan has much magic. Everywhere in the jungle men speak of him. Nugu traveled many moons to find Tarzan. Nugu must learn Tarzan's big ufumu. Just why are you so anxious to learn about Tarzan's medicine? Well... Nugu is apprentice in school of witch doctor. So also is Gagema, son of uncle. One who learns most medicine will someday be Mutemi. So you want to be the emperor of your tribe, and you thought that... Uh, what, what is your tribe? Nugu cannot tell. You said you'd come many moons. Just where is your village? In the mountain country, near Nagomba. Near Nagomba? But that's hundreds of miles away. You... You made that trip all by yourself. Yes, Tarzan. My heart say Nugu must see Tarzan. How old are you, Nagu? 
14 times has winter come since Nagu was born. 14, hmm? Well, I can't send you back all that distance alone, nor have I the heart to let your trip be for nothing. I'll teach you a few things your competitor doesn't know, though it won't be magic, and then I'll take you home. That night, Tarzan taught Nagu a few things unknown to the jungle tribes. But early the next morning, while the instructions continued in a clearing in front of the cabin, the lessons came to an abrupt end. The scent of the Tomangani was in the air. Instinctively, Tarzan grasped the vine and swung himself up into the trees. The native boy stood alone in lost wonderment as two jungle-weary white men staggered from the brush and fell exhausted at his feet. You going, Swa? You are sick? Water. Just get water. Please. Does Nugu get water? But first, white men pick this powder. What? What is it? Yufumu, good medicine. Give to other white men, too. Nugu get water now. Here. I have brought water. Tarzan. Nugu thought... Where did you get that medicine, Nugu? What is it? Always people of my tribe carry powerful medicine and gourd about their necks. It's made of strong herbs. Well, you better take it, strangers. Much of the black man's medicine is strong against the evils of the jungle. Here, here, I'll hold the water bag to your lips. The water is good, but the medicine is bitter. Evil taste help chase away bad spirits. Here, Garvey, better take it. Nothing to lose in our condition. All right. Uh, we will carry you inside now. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I don't think you have to carry me. This native medicine, it's miraculous. I feel almost normal again. Garvey. Yes, doctor? How do you feel? I feel fine. I can't understand it. Neither can I. A lifetime in the medical profession and I never... Son, what's in that medicine? Herbs. But which ones I cannot tell. It is secret of my tribe. Well, certainly obliged to you for saving our lives. And you, sir. If we may, we'd like to rest for a while in your cabin. Uh, that is your cabin there? Yes, the cabin is mine. And you may rest until morning. Then you must be gone. Tarzan does not like the white men. But you're white yourself. You're browns from sun. Look, Mr. Uh, uh, Tarzan. This is Dr. Cunningham. He's a very famous man. My name is Garvey. It's important that we accomplish the purpose of our safari. And it's important that we make it back to civilization. We're willing to pay you well for your help. I have no use for money here in the jungle. But someone has to help us. Our native porters and Ascari deserted us. We have heavy equipment that we cached a few miles back. If you won't help us, we haven't got a ghost of a chance ever getting out of this jungle alive. I have no wish for the death of any man, Mr. Garvey. But many times when the path of Tarzan has crossed that of the white man, he has found treachery and deceit. I did not invite you into my jungle. I do not feel any obligation to lead you out. Uh, just a minute, Tarzan. Yes, Dr. Cunningham? We've heard of you back in our country, and some of the stories of the unscrupulous men you've met have reached us, too. Now, believe me, we are not out to hurt you or any of your jungle friends. The tongues of the other white men also spoke softly. But I've always found that when bearers desert their buanas, they have good reason. I offer you a bed for the night. I do not offer to lead you back. Nor do I pretend friendship. We shall return to Tarzan in just a moment. 
white men slept most of that day. But as Kuda, the sun, sank in the heavens, giving place to Goro, the moon, they were awakened by the delicious incense of mm. cooking meat. <sighs> oh, it's dark already. Hmm? You have slept many hours. Well, it's been several days since we slept last. You awake, Garvey? Yeah. Yes, Dr. Cunningham. It's that wonderful odor coming from a fireplace did the trick. Boy, I'm hungry as a bear. <laughs> the meat is cooked. I remembered that the white man likes his food ruined with fire. <laughs> you eat yours raw? I was raised by apes who know nothing of stoves or skillets. Oh, come, I have chairs pulled to the table in the manner of white men. Oh, thank you. Where's the little uh, native boy? Yes, isn't he eating with us? <laughs> Nagu is much like me. One cannot keep track of the comings and goings of the savage. Perhaps he has already left for home. Oh, I thought he lived here with you. I have not occupied this cabin for many moons. And I found the boy when I returned yesterday. He disappeared early this afternoon after having examined everything about you and your clothing as you slept. Here. Eat. Mmm. Boy, does that smell good, huh, Doctor? Oh, it does indeed. Well, regardless of what tomorrow brings, we'll have one good meal in the jungle. Ah, this is delicious. What animal is this, Tarzan? It is meat. And the milky-looking liquid within your gourd is pomba. It is a native beer made of corn. Well, all the comforts of home. To your health, gentlemen. Even though you've refused to help us in our mission and guide us back to civilization, Tarzan, we're still deeply in you. I raise my gourd. Sounds like the native boy. A tiger! He must be after the lad. Tarzan, wait! I've got a rifle here and I can... But Tarzan waited neither for words nor for the help of the white man's thunder stick. He was out of the door and into the jungle clearing in one great leap. A hundred yards away, Nagu was running toward the cabin as fast as his thin legs would carry him. And behind him came a savage tiger, its great strides bringing it closer and closer to its prey. The boy increased his speed. He was going to get away. And then suddenly he tripped on a gnarled root of a tree. Help me, Tarzan! Help me! The boy tried valiantly to regain his feet, but the great beast was already upon him. His mammoth claws raking the young body, and his huge jaws opened wide to tear at the soft young throat. But before the mighty jaws could close, two steel corded hands interfered. Tarzan rolled Nagu out of the way with one foot. His hands continued to stretch the jaws of the tiger further and further apart, until suddenly the enraged beast wrenched free and backed away from the lord of the jungle. Tarzan was after his old enemy. He leaped upon him, and his razor-sharp hunting knife flashed into the air and then found its mark. Did you ever see anything like that in your life? Fantastic. Come on, Garvey. The boy's hurt. You can't do much without your instruments, Doctor. Look, my kit. There, by the boy. Well, how in the name of thunder did... I heard it in the jungle once before, Doctor. It's the cry of the victorious aboriginal ape. It came from the throat of our host, Tarzan. And now, the ruler bandage. Here you are, Doc. Nugu will live? Yes, Tarzan. It's miraculous, but there's nothing broken. 
And the wounds are only superficial. The medicine you put on the wounds. It will help. Scissors, please, Father. Here you are. Oh. Oh. Now you'll be as good as new in a few days, son. I know, it's painful. Yes, Tarzan, the medicine will help a great deal. It's called an antiseptic. And its job is to keep the wound clean. Ah, yes, that, that is important. In the forest, a lion's mate licks his wounds to keep away the great danger. What I can't figure out is how and why the kid got a hold of your kit, Dr. Cunningham. I think I can tell you that. You see, in your conversation, you spoke of having cached your supplies. You spoke also about the work of Dr. Cunningham. The boy seeks the medicine of the white man, so he followed your spore and found the kit. I guess that was about all he could carry. The rest are in heavy crates. But I trade a good deal of what's inside them for the secret of the medicine Nagoo used on us this afternoon. Perhaps you will learn the secret of his medicine before you leave the jungle. I'm afraid there isn't much chance of that. Without help, we'll be lucky to reach the railhead alive. You shall have help. In accomplishing the mission Stagarvi spoke of and in getting back to your own land. You shall have the help of Tarzan. What, what made you change your mind? The look on your face as you worked over a small, unimportant black boy. It was as gentle as that of a mother ape nursing her small Belu. Perhaps there are good white men, too. Tarzan offers you friendship. Something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. A little interruption did nothing to spoil my appetite. Very delicious, Tarzan, even if I don't know what I'm eating. It is the meat of a small rodent. I hesitated to tell you, for civilized people have strange taboos. <laughs> I'm afraid we're too hungry to have any prejudices at the moment. You know, when our porters deserted us, they took most of the food. I still can't understand that, Tarzan. They seemed friendly and satisfied, and then as soon as we reached the heart of the jungle, they deserted us while we slept. Without cause? Yeah, I'm afraid it was my fault. I hired them, and I didn't tell them what we were really after until the night before they left us. Uh, Gothy, I'm sorry, Doctor, but it seemed best at the time. What do you seek in the jungle? 
We're after snakes. Ah, then that is why your men fled. They were afraid. Yes, but they killed tigers and lions and elephants. How could they be afraid of a few snakes when we have all sorts of equipment to protect them? They are not afraid of the snakes. They are afraid of the wakayoka, the snake men. Snake men? They are all powerful over the natives. You might call them witch doctors, but they are much more than that. And only they can hunt for Hista, the snake. Yes, but we've come thousands of miles to get them. You see, Tarzan, Dr. Cunningham is a pathologist. That means he's trying to find new ways of curing sicknesses. For many years, he's been working on a serum to cure man's most dread disease. It's called cancer. I've had some success with the serum I compounded from the venom of snakes already in captivity. But I think I might be more successful if I could get venom from wild ringals. I, I do not know a snake by that name. Well, its popular name is the South African cobra. You can usually recognize it by its head. It sort of swells up and it gets ready to strike. Ah, yes, the yes. It resembles an evil-looking hood. Yes, I, I know the snake now. In the jungle, we call it the hooded death. And now that you know what I seek, I suppose you'll desert me like the others. I am Tarzan. I never break my word. I will go with you to the north country where this snake you call the cobra lives in great numbers. That's wonderful. Together we shall face the hooded death. And together, too, we shall brave the wrath of Wakayoka, the snake men. Nagoo's path home led in the same direction as that of the snake hunt. And when the boy's wounds had mended sufficiently, a small safari started for the mountain country to the north. Day after day and week after week, the tiny band of men triumphed over the tangled web of Africa's dark interior until finally the great mountain of the Nagomba country loomed on the horizon. Well, there she is. Yes. In her rocky caverns, we will find many cobras. Nugu knows much about snakes. The kind we're looking for, you'd better leave alone. Their jaws are small. They couldn't eat a man if they wanted to. But a tiny spray from their fangs can blind a man in an instant. And often death comes in a matter of minutes. After what we've been through these last few weeks, there's very little that can scare me. Ah, courage is often dangerous if it leads to carelessness. This is the most dangerous part of the jungle. You don't mind my saying so, Tarzan. You don't seem to be taking any unusual precautions. You hardly look to the left or the right. <laughs> my nose looks. I can catch the scent of man or animals for miles, so long as the wind is not against me. Well, I can't even feel the slightest breeze here. Is the wind against you now? No, and I smell no danger. Wait here. I'll cut a path for a little way. Certainly aren't any easy paths through here. The only paths through the jungles are those made by Tantor, the elephant. Other large animals. Well, it's a cinch there aren't any around here, then. Be afraid of his stuff, snake. Uh, it seems a little better up ahead here. I think we got... You need struggle, Tarzan. Our bounds hold you tight. Hold white men, too. Where? Where did all of you come from? We follow you many hours I, now. I caught no scent of man. This has never happened to me before. My tribe knows secrets of big medicine. Destroy scent. And your tribe has big medicine indeed. You need fear no enemies. Why do you hold Tarzan and his friends? Tarzan is traitor to jungle. Why do you say that? Kokoro knows. Tarzan lead white men to lair of snakes. Tarzan knows only Wakayoka hunts snakes. You are Wakayoka? Me, Kokoro, emperor of snake men. Come, follow me. What happened in the goo? He escaped? I don't know. What will they do to us, Tarzan? Kokoro, tell white witch doctor what we do. We lead you to snakes. Great cave of cobras you seek. We put all you in cave and see you door. You have many snakes you want till you die. <laughs> that not belong. <laughs> the 
just a moment, we'll continue with Tarzan and the Hooded Death. If the men of Wakayoka were nothing else, they were men of their word. The cave to which they led Tarzan and the two white men was large and dank and filled with deadly cobras, every species and variation of the murderous reptiles that existed on the dark continent. Their carnal eyes gleamed in the torchlight of the processional that prodded its prisoners into the Stygian cave. And then a great rock slid into place, and the three prisoners were left in sable blackness. Well, I guess this is the end for all of us. If only our hands weren't bound. It wouldn't make any difference. I'm sorry I got you into this, Carson. Oh, if only my hands were free. I'm all worried about your legs. Garvey and I have thick boots on, but for your bare legs, you'd be the first target. I'm going over by a wall and try to rub through the thongs. We're well, better off here in the center. They'll keep to the sides for the most part. I can't think with my hands bound. Yeah, let him go, Doctor. What difference can it make now? Very little, I suppose. You think they know we're here? Yes, but they may not strike unless our motions frighten them. You know, it's funny. I keep thinking about that Kokoro, the emperor. Well, so do I. Oh, no, no, not that way. I meant that portion of his face to the left of his nose. It was hideous looking, all right. Yes, it's a basal cell carcinoma. Skin cancer? Uh-huh. It's rather ironic that he'll die long before his time of a disease I might someday have conquered had I lived. You aren't dead yet, Dr. Cunningham. I rubbed through the thongs. Here, I'll, I'll cut yours with this sharp rock. There. Thank you. Turn around, Mr. Garvey. Right. There. Uh, oh, that feels better. But what now? Well, we'll have to feel along the walls to find if there's a crack somewhere. My arms are strong, and if I can find something to grasp, perhaps I can do a little digging or pushing. How about the rock at the entrance? I tried that. It's too heavy even for me. Well, let's go over the rest of the surface. Garvey, you start at the left of the entrance. I'll start from the right. Tarzan can explore from the point where he rubbed through his bonds. We know there are no snakes in that exact spot. I can see a little now that my eyes are getting used to the darkness. I can see quite well now. I'm more used to the darkness than people of the cities. Let's see what we can find. <clears throat> Smooth as glass over here. The same here. Smooth and slimy. I'm afraid it's no use. All of these walls are... Tarzan, watch out! One of them's coiling the strike. He's good standing out. He's caught the snake by the neck. Smash it against that rock again. It may not be dead. Oh, he's dead. The rest of them are beginning to stir now. If we stay perfectly quiet, perhaps we should... Quiet, quiet. Hey... Who was that? Over there. Looks like a door. The rock is opening. Light is coming in. New group comes. New secret door of caves. We need you out. Hurry up then. In a second, they'll be on us. Go ahead, you go. We're following you. Are you all right, Doctor? Yes. Watch out for that rock. Yeah, I saw it. Some of them are coming over this way. Here's the door. Go ahead, Doctor. Darby, I'll pull the door shut, you go. Yeah, wouldn't like to go through that again. Oh, just keep walking straight ahead. This heavy woods will give us some protection, but we aren't safe yet. Not while the snake men are about. You better take the lead, Tarzan. We'll follow you. Good. I'm afraid we'd better hunt for your cobras one at a time, Dr. Cunningham. It isn't safe to remain here. It's a pity, though. I saw some beautiful specimens. It breaks my heart to leave them. <laughs> at least our hearts are still beating. We can be thankful. Nagu, where did you come from? Nagu ran away from father to save friends. Your father? How'd you know about the secret door? Nagu, member of Wakayoka. 
One of the snake people. I thought that might have been the answer. That adds up all right. That's why they didn't try to capture him. It also explains the medicine he used to revive you that first day. Only the Wakayoka knows such secrets. Well, Nagoo, I guess the... Where did he go? There, through the trees. He's headed back toward the cave. He'll be killed! What in the devil does that little fool want to go back there for? We've got to save him. He's through the door already. If only we're in time. Look, coming out of the brush. Dozens of them. The snake men. Let me through. I've got to get through that door. Not going, Kate. There's a little boy in there, one of your boys. He'll be killed. Not going. The boo. Come out of Kate. He's gone. He'll come out soon anyway. Why in the world did you go back in there? One at Cunningham say break his heart to leave snakes. The goo go in to get some for him. Can you beat that? Now what? It's the native drums back in their village. Come. We hold Shorai. Shorai? What's that? He wants us to come back to the village for a conclave. Are we to understand, Kokoro, that we are no longer prisoners? We decide to set you free before Nugu run away. But why? White witch doctors in great Buana jungle unharmed by hooded death. Means snakes know you have great medicine. Now you honored guests of Kokoro, Emperor Wakayoka, and of Nugu, his son, who will one day be Mutemi. His son? Or can you beat that? Nugu tell father about white man's medicine put on wounds. How Tarzan saved Nugu from tiger. Not to mention the fact that he was ready to go back into that hideous cave to save you from the snakes. <laughs> Why do you laugh, Kokoro? Snakes not harm Nugu. He of royal snake blood. From day he born, he is rubbed with leaves of Yaradumio tree. And Makalia, a great Ufumo, is put into veins of small body. No snake can hurt Wakayoka. I don't know why, but... I believe every word he says. You believe? In days to come, Kokoro will prove. You not know when starting into cave to save Nagu, he could not be harmed. You risk life for my son, Kokoro, now your brother. Kokoro? If you were to get me some venom from the fangs of a cobra, I might be able to prove myself a brother to you. By treating that sore upon your face. So? My medicine not help that. Kokoro, get you snakes all you want. We will trade our knowledge. You teach me white man's medicine. I tell you secrets. Jungle roots and herbs. And when you're through trading information? Then Kokoro's men lead doctor and friend to railhead. Mutemi has spoken Tarzan. Mutemi speaks wisely. Would that all the men of the world could meet and exchange knowledge for good instead of exchanging spears of war. Return to tell you about the next story of Tarzan in just a moment. In our next story, we relate the experiences of Tarzan and the Manuema. The Manuema, one of the deadliest tribes of the Dark Continent. Men whose savage faces are painted with violent pigments, whose bodies are decorated with macabre souvenirs of their victims, and whose teeth are filed to sharp points so that they can more easily tear into the flesh of their favorite food, man. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced and directed by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production.
tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all times, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Tarzan and the Manuema. Once again, the moon was full, and still the rains had not come. In the Shamba, near the village, the half-formed ears of the kaffir corn had dried up. The plantains were like hard stones, and the cassava roots were dust that would yield no meal for bread. The men and women of the Punya tribe had grown gaunt, and the children cried because of the pangs of emptiness that racked their small bodies. Hush, Togo. Hush, Togo. Hungry. Nagama knows her Belu is hungry. Her heart weeps. But there is nothing to do. If, if Togo's friend Tarzan were here, he could do something. Nagama is afraid that even Tarzan could do nothing. What's that? The people of the village. They are filled with excitement. Perhaps Cassandra of Witch Doctor has found rain. It will take more than a divining rod this time. Nagama, she better open the door and see what people... They come this way, Togo. Why should people of the village come to us? Why, it's Tarzan. Tarzan. Jumbo, Nagama. Jumbo. Togo, he is all right? Togo, right behind me. Oh, Tarzan. I will speak with you later, people of Punya. Let us go inside. Oh, you are thin, my small friend. There has been little to eat. Oh, but now, now the rains will come. Togo told Nagama that Tarzan could bring rain. No, no. No, I'm afraid I can't do that. Oh, but, but Togo told Nagama that Tarzan could. I, uh, I plan to do the next best thing, though. I'm going to take the people of Punya to the rains. I've brought some meat and as many water bags as I could manage. But tomorrow your tribe must begin a long trek to the mountain country. The trip be hard for a people weak from lack of food and drink. Well, I, I plan to make it easier. I'm going ahead and blaze a trail. I'll try to have some meat and some water at each night's resting spot. Do I... do I smell food now? The women are preparing what I brought. You'd better get out there, Torgo. I want to see you looking fatter than when next time we meet. Oh, don't... don't leave Torgo, Tarzan. Take Torgo with you. You want to come with me as I blaze the trail and hunt for food? I would have as far to travel if I'd come with the tribe. <laughs> Your small head is always ready with answers, isn't it? Don't say that Togo can go with you. Oh, what does Nagama say? Nagama never worries about her Belu when he is with Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. All right, Togo. You can come with me then. Tomorrow we will lead the people of Punya to the mountain country of Kenyara, where there is bound to be much rain. <laughs> But for once, Tarzan was wrong. The people who lived at the foot of Kenyara, the great slumbering volcano of the north, were as hungry as those of Punya. A cannibal tribe, the Manuema's garishly painted faces shone in the firelight as they talked over the problem. The grisly souvenirs of their victims, which they wore as decorations about their necks, tossed in rhythm with their swaying bodies, and their teeth, filed to sharp points, gleamed wickedly as they faced their discredited witch doctor. <laughs> 
Which doctors you log in? No good. Fruit, dry up. Animals, please come here. Cattle, grow sick. Our people grow weak and die. Kanyara is angry. The great volcano frowns upon the people of Manuema. Manuemas need new witch doctor, more powerful Yuroge. I say, make sacrifice of all witch doctor to volcano. No, no, hear me, people of Manuema. Speak, witch doctor. What you say is true. The fruit has dried on the vine. The rain refuses to come to our country, and our people grow weak. It is true also that this is because Kenyara, the greatest of all volcanoes of the Congo, is angry. But only I, Yorogi of Manuema, can tell you why Kenyara is angry. Then tell us! Kenyara is angry because many moons have passed since we have made human sacrifice. You will be human sacrifice! (laughs) Only I know what Kenyara demands. He tells me he does not want me, nor any member of Manuema tribe. But no strangers come to our country now. Soon they will come again. In the lowlands, it is even drier than it is beneath the shadow of Kenyara. Our men must go forth and select from the strangers a small boy to sacrifice to the god of the volcano. Aye, aye. And we must also capture a grown man from those who come to our country. The biggest and strongest man we can find. From his flesh and from his blood... Will the people of Manueva grow strong once again? We shall return with our story in just a moment. Even as the cannibalistic savages of Manuema started out to find a young boy to sacrifice to the slumbering god of the volcano and to find a strong man to appease their own inhuman superstitions and appetites, Tarzan and the small Torgo plunged deeper and deeper into the jungle thicket. Behind them, they left a blazed trail for the people of Punya. Well, I think this is as far as we can go today, Torgo. How long it takes tribe to get here? They ought to reach this point by tomorrow. I only wish I could find a little water hole near here, like the one I found for them yesterday. They ought to be there by now. Oh, they must be much happy when they see there you kill for them, and great water hole you find. Oh, not much water in it, but enough so they won't die of thirst, I guess. Are you tired, Togo? Uh, oh, no. Togo, not tired a bit. Oh, you're yawning. <laughs> Aren't you ready to go to sleep for the night? But, Tarzan. Yes? Tonight, couldn't we build a place to sleep on the ground somewhere? Oh, we haven't time to build anything. And it certainly isn't safe to sleep on the ground with that protection, not with the temper of the stray animals who are left around here. But I... I get afraid up in the trees. I think you're a little homesick for Nagama. No, no, that is not the reason. Well, maybe not. I think I'll take you back so that you can sleep in your mother's tent tonight. Oh, but Nagama and the rest of the tribe are day behind us. A day by the ground trail we travel, but... Only a short time by the upper level. Oh, but when Tarzan swings from tree to tree and from vine to vine, he has to carry Togo on his back like a tiny Belu. <laughs> Being carried on my back doesn't make you a Belu. I often travel on the back of Tantor, the elephant. That doesn't make Tarzan a Belu. But that is different. Not a bit. Nowhere is there anyone who's so great or so strong that he needs no help from another. Come on, Togo, come on, climb up. We'll see if we can find Mama Nagama. And so, with Torgo's small arms clutched about his neck, 
Tarzan swung noiselessly through the upper level of tangled jungle growth like the great apes who had raised him from childhood. The members of the Punya tribe were retiring early in preparation for the next day's march, and the camp seemed almost deserted when Tarzan and Torgo dropped from the sky. I'm sorry, Suey. We didn't mean to. But Suey always frightened by everything. Not brave like Togo. Oh, Suey's all right. <laughs> Suey, where is Hima of Nagama? <laughs> Nagama's kids behind that big rock over there. Santa. Come on, Togo. Let's find your mother. <laughs> why, why do you always laugh like Tango the hyena? <laughs> Nagama said he's behind rock. But Nagama's not kitchen. <laughs> Suey, will you stop giggling for a minute and tell me where Nagama is? is guarding it. Men are tired and weak, so they say we do without water another day. But Nakama say must have water if she is to live to see Togo again. So she goes to the water hole. <laughs> not come back. Wait here, Togo. No, no, I come. I see Mama Nagama. Tarzan and Togo ran through the forest until they reached the looming palisade of sandstone, below which lay the once abundant watering place. Now in its fetid heart lay a great crocodile. And beyond the savage reptile was Nagama, cut off from retreat on one side by the great walls of stone, on the other by the hideous monster. Quiet, Torgo. Gimla's watching her. If she starts towards you, Gimla may attack. Me, quiet. We creep up silently. Don't step on any twigs. Now, I'm in a position to shoot. If only my arrow can pierce that tough hide. Well... We saved you. Oh, my God, don't move. It's only wounded. It's turning at you. The wounded reptile slithered rapidly toward the nearest human, Magama. But faster still moved Tarzan. He dived at the animal, his great hunter's knife gleaming in the moonlight. The enormous trap-like mouth opened. The jagged teeth beckoned. But as Tarzan landed on the scaly creature, he wrenched it over on its back with almost superhuman strength. The knife rose, and then it flashed down into the vulnerable, pale belly. The animal's great tail flayed the air with maniacal fury. The knife plunged again and again, and at last the frantic lashing of the beast stopped. Tarzan put one foot on the dead crocodile, and then he raised his voice in victory. Ah! Come, you are all right. I am all right, my son. I have brought Torgo to spend the night with you. He, uh, he doesn't care for sleeping in the treetops. The dangers here are far greater. Every living thing fights for the drop of water and the morsel of food that are left. Please, Tarzan, keep Torgo with you. He is safe now, only with you. Oh, this house in the trees, nice, Tarzan. Well, it's not much protection, but it was all I could build in a couple of hours. Well, last night, before we went back to Nagama, Tarzan said he has no time to build house. I didn't have time today, but I can't leave you alone with no protection. Oh, alone? Yes. While you sleep tonight, I shall have to hunt. The game grows scarcer, and there is next to nothing here for your people when they arrive. They, they come soon? They should be here by tomorrow night. I thought by the time we reached the Kenyara country, we would have found many animals and fresh springs. But where will we go next? I don't know. All I do know is that I'll have to comb the jungle tonight and find some food and water. You won't be afraid alone, will you? No. Only it would be easier if Tarzan brought rain. (laughs) You still think I'm capable of anything, don't you? (laughs) Well, go to sleep. 
Who knows what tomorrow may bring? Sleep well, my small, brave warrior. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Treehouse, far up. Hard climb. We are here now. Look, the boy sleeps, and he is alone. Nadi, he's a fine-looking youth. Kenyara will be pleased. He will then send us a strong man to nourish our blood. And after that, he will send the rains, and the Manuema will be powerful once again. Enough of talk. Anjali, another scrap boy, you place hand over his mouth. He must not cry out. Ready now? Aye. Ondaka! <laughs> Limba Kosa Como, Kulala Koko Kenyara, Great Kenyara, we offer small boy to appease your wrath. Limba Kosa Como, his body is being anointed with rich oil. He is great sacrifice. Stand still, small boy. You spoil ceremony. So good, not stand still. You kill me, maybe, but all of you die too. Tarzan come and kill every one of you. Tarzan big and strong. He take all of you at once and, and kill you with his bare hands. That, that. Who is this Tarzan? For oh, he is Togo's friend. Even now he hunts in the treehouse for Togo. He is big and strong, huh? Or twice as high as any of you, and stronger than Sita the panther. He is white god. Ah, then the sacrifice to Kenyara will not yet be made. We will wait until this white god comes to seek his young friend. <laughs> then we will have sacrifice for Kenyara, and also sacrifice for hungry warriors of Manuema. <laughs> <laughs> In just a moment, we'll continue with Tarzan and the Manuema. The council fire of the Manuemas burned bright as the barbaric paint-smeared cannibals danced about their small prisoner, whom they had gagged and bound to a stake. High in a tree, just beyond the circle of flickering firelight, a great bronze figure stood poised. Suddenly, a spiral of woven rope flashed downward over the head of a twirling dancer. In the half-light, the rope was invisible. And all that the other natives could see was the fearful sight of one of their number being hurtled upward through space. He disappeared into heaven. It is some sorcery we do not understand. Anjala behind me. I look round. He is. He flies in there. It is Angela. He has been thrown back from the heavens. He is He is dead. And only a slender line on his throat. Our enemy has strong Yorogi. Ah! 
Look, Kanju, he taken from us now. He too is drawn to heaven. Speak, enemy. Tell us thy wish. I am the god of Kenyala. Oh, the voice of the volcano. Our master. Unless you release the small boy, I shall kill your people. One at a time. You hear that, witch doctor? Kenyala kill us. One at a time. Let the boy go. There is the body of another of your tribe. It is Kanju. First Anjala, then Kanju. We all be killed. Me on Thai boy. Wait, this may be some trick. We not know that you are guard of the volcano. Give us some sign. Unless you do, we hold the boy. The sign will be shown tomorrow night when the moon rises beyond Kenyara. A sign so great, it will leave no doubt. But if there is one mark of violence on the boy, every man of Manuema shall die. A dozen feet away from the encampment, Tarzan dropped the hollow log he'd been using as an improvised megaphone. And then he swung to the upper level and hurried to meet the Punya tribe that was slowly approaching the Kenyara country. As dawn crept through the jungle, he dropped to the ground near the weary caravan, and he was soon facing Nagama, making the most difficult speech of his life. My poor Bailu. At first I wanted to burst into the camp and kill as many of them as I could. But there were hundreds of them, and I knew Togo would be killed before I could reach him. He was bound and gagged. But you think they will not hide him until you return? I'm sure they have accepted my voice as that of their god. But I have to perform something more sensational than I did last night if I'm to have a chance of saving him. What can you do? Well, I have a plan. But first I must ask you a question. Yes. Has anyone here felt any rumblings beneath their feet? Rumblings? A very slight vibration of the ground. Perhaps the beginnings of a tremor. No. But none of us have the acute senses of torsion. Well, if you felt nothing, then perhaps the Manuemas haven't either. Where is Shui? What can a silly girl do? I have to see her. Please, Nagama, find her for me, will you? It's really important. Yes, yeah, Sui. Sui, do you remember those bullets you stole from the camp of the white men when they came to the Punya country? Oh, Sui never steal anything. Oh, now, Sui, this is important. Torgo's life depends on it. What did you do with those bullets? Oh, Sui knows not what bullets are. Oh, Sui, will you stop giggling? Look at me. I like to look at Dalton. I thank him for it, huh? Look, bullets are the small, hard arrows that come from the Tamangani's thunder sticks. Remember? I found you with them. And, and I told you you must throw them away. Tarzan told Sui to throw them away. Then Sui threw them away. You did not. I saw them later around your neck. You'd made a necklace of them. Where are they now? Sui has necklace hidden behind Fulz's skirt. White man's bullets. And to think that this curse of the jungle may yet save the life of Torgo. It is... Oh, it is nearly dark now, Tarzan. We are almost to the top. Almost to the top of the mighty Kenyara. And I still haven't seen any suspicious-looking fissure in the rock. Fissure? Yes, a, a cleft, a narrow opening, a crack. Over there, but that hard crust of lava, is that a fissure? Yes, Nagama, that is. Come. Yes, this spot might work. Wait until I put my ear to it. This is it. My boy will be saved. We can only pray. You have the gunpowder we emptied from the bullets? Neither. And the fuse of dried weeds I made? Neither. And you can see the camp of the Manuema from here? The camp and the ceremonial fire. Togo is near the fire. Yes. You will watch that fire, Nagama. 
And if you see it flare up suddenly, it will be from the powder I throw on it. That will be a signal for you to light the fuse and then run for your life. I understand. You, you know that you may not escape. Many times in jungle, mother risked life for child. By the time Tarzan had reached the base of Kenyara, the moon had risen. He stood at the edge of the village. His face was painted with garish colors that outdid the Manuemas, and his body was smeared with a phosphorescent substance. His mighty figure, luminous in the sable night, looked for all the world like that of some strange jungle god as he walked boldly into the camp and approached the fire. Who approaches the fire of the Manuemas? I am the god of Kenyara. You are a false god. I fear not your anger. My anger is mighty. Unless you do as I say, I shall destroy all of you, and your village as well. Ah! No, mighty witch doctor. Do not anger him. He is the god of the volcano. His body gleams like the moonlight. Last night, his voice came like thunder, and he killed two of our men. He killed them by a rope. I found it this morning, and his voice thundered through a hollow log. I also found. He is a faker. Capture him, men of Manuema. Wait. I give you one more chance. Unless you untie the boy, I shall produce the sign I promised you last night. And it shall mean death. Take him. The boy dies. And so does this defiler of our God. Stop. Put no hand on me. You see this bit of powder? I toss it into the ceremonial fire. So. That is the sign of Kenyatta. It means nothing. Take him. Oh, it is the sign of Kenyatta. Even now he prepares to wreak his anger upon you. Listen. It is true. The volcano erupts. Kenyara shall kill us all. Three men of Anuema. The mighty volcano sends its messengers of death. The lava. It is coming down the mountain. Run! 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 The molten lava sprang from the volcano and rushed down on the village below. Native huts and fences and trees and rocks were swept away in the boiling inferno of fury that leaped forward. And all were killed save only the godlike creature who ran with the speed of Bara, the deer. Beneath one arm, he held a small, frightened native boy. And when he put him down at last, it was high on the hilltop from which the molten death had flowed. Oh, oh, Targo. Oh, Targo. I, I am all right now, Mama Magana. Why you cry? I cry from happiness. You are unhurt, Nagama? The flow went in the direction of the village. But when will this tide of destruction we started stop? Even now it stops. The rumble you hear is not of the volcano. It is thunder. The lion! The blessed lion! Shaken from the sky by Kenyatta's might. The fruits and the grain will grow again. But you sing the gamma. So go so you thought it could bring the rain. We'll return to tell you about the next story of Tarzan in just a moment. In our next story, we relate Tarzan's experience when he forsakes the jungle for the city of Amdurmara. Amdurmara, hardly a dot on the map of Sudan, but the most important center for the thieves and outlaws and murderers of equatorial Africa, and the home of one of the most fascinating and deadly beauties of all times. Our story is called Tarzan and the siren of Amdurmara. 
Cousin, the creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now, in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Tarzan and the siren of Omdur Mara. Like Tarzan's jungle, the tiny city of Omdur Mara was deep in equatorial Africa. But there the resemblance ended, for civilization had tarnished the splendor of nature. The city included a miserable collection of native huts, the wide sprawling and dirty official buildings, a crumbling jail, the sand beach palace of the Pasha, a few nondescript homes and cheap hotels, and Sudan's most infamous street. From the whitewashed minaret of a mosque, the Moezans summoned the faithful to prayer. But a lone rider, his Bedouin robes flying, disregarded the surah as he galloped up to the real heart of the city, the Café Bal Oriental, standing in solitary splendor at the foot of the Street of Thieves. You there! Take my horse! 
I should hold the reins of Cindy. But we must make ourselves trusted upon ground. Why? It is time of evening prayer. Even Al-Suman cares nothing for prayers. I have business in the Cafe Bal Oriental. Make fast my steed and have the door open for me. You'll be as you say, master. Arms, mighty sheik. Give this lowly Arab a small bakshish. I have neither patience nor money for beggars. Out of my way. Oh, a thousand times, a thousand curses on you. You should not kick crippled beggar, Fendi. Am I to be taught manners by a Nubian slave? I meant no harm, master. I meant only it is bad luck. Even Al-Suman makes his own luck. Have the door of the cafe open for me. At once, master. And please not tell my mistress I offend thee. The door, the door. Open the door of the cafe, Bal Oriental, for the great sheik, Ibn al-Suman. Ah, the music of the Orient and the perfume of rich incense. This is more like it. Have the barman pour a drink for me. At once, attendee. It better be at once. I'm getting tired of being treated like an untouchable. I have to beg my way into this brocaded den, and once I am here, I... You are here, aren't you, Ibn? Jolar, I... I did not think you were in. But one always knows when you are present. I didn't mean to cause a fuss, but after all, I've crossed half the desert to see you. And it's harder to get in here than it is to rob a caravan of a hundred camels. Keep your voice down, my handsome one. Even inside my cafe, we do not advertise our means of making a livelihood. Sorry. If you would forego your drink, we could talk more freely in my quarters. You know I'd forsake a thousand drinks to be with you, golden one. Go ahead, Jolnar. I follow in the wake of your tiny jewel slippers. Did you bring gifts for me, Eben? <laughs> Come over to this table here, Jolnar. There. Gold and necklaces and rings and brooches. Fit even for such a queen as thou, Jolnar. Hmm, they look as if they would bring a good price in the thieves' market. In the thieves' market? Are my gifts to you to be sold along with the offerings of your other suitors? Why not? Why not? Because I've risked my neck to bring these baubles for you to wear. Have you not promised to give your love to the man who brings you jewelry fit to grace your great golden beauty? And do you think these trinkets are worthy of my beauty? These trinkets on this table are worth a fortune. Oh, you did try, Ibn, and I'm grateful. But the man who wins me must bring me a jewel like, like the great star sapphire that rests in the forehead of the god of the Karmicus. You expect me to rob the idol of a jungle tribe thousands of miles from here? The man who wins my love must be willing to make an effort. There are others who would try. Darcy, the undersecretary of the French consulate. DeWitt, the Englishman, the American adventurer. Stop. You do not have to reel up the names of my rivals. I'll get the star sapphire of the Karmikis for you, Julnar. Even though it means facing the cannibals and the pygmies and the wild animals and the untamed white god who has bested so many raiders of the jungle. Tarzan? He has killed many. But he has not yet faced a man like Ibn al-Suman, who would stop at nothing to secure the key to his beloved's heart. The jewel will be yours, Julnar. We shall return in just a moment with a story of Tarzan and the Siren of Omdur Mora. Several weeks after Ibn al-Suman's vow to obtain the star sapphire for Julnar, Tarzan's jungle paradise was suddenly disrupted. Native villages were assaulted. Great herds of elephants stampeded. Sheeta the panther and Numa the lion ran in fright. All living things screamed in terror as the savages of the Karmiki tribe rampaged in the jungle. Their hearts and their spears of war turned against their neighbors. Tarzan braved death a dozen times before he managed to gain the camp of the warring Karmiki. Great Chief Nagako, 
I come because your arrows and your spears have caused terror in the jungle. This war must stop. Nagako, long time on the name of Tarzan. But this war, no business of Tarzan. Whose business is it? Your warriors have attacked the people of many different tribes. We search for him who has defiled our god. Oh, someone has damaged your moon idol? Great star sapphire of moon idol has been stolen. What? Temple guards strangled. Priests of Karmiki stabbed. Eye of moon god torn from forehead. Now we kill every native in jungle. That way we know we kill right one. I understand your anger, mighty Nagago. But your desire to kill everyone so that you know you've had vengeance on him who is guilty does not speak well for the honor of your people. We have no honor until I of Moon God is back. Perhaps Tarzan can help you recover the sapphire. I know many secrets of the jungle taught to me by the apes who raised me. Secrets not even known to the mighty people of Karmiki. I shall help the you Gakko if... Nagako welcomes Tarzan as brother. He puts around your throat Karmiki necklace that bears feather of eagle, claw of tiger, ivory of bull elephant. It is symbol of brotherhood. I shall wear it proudly. But you embarrass me, Nagako. I started to say, I shall help you if you agree to stop the war until we find out who is guilty of the theft and the murders. Nagako, agree. Tell your warriors, and then take me to your temple. We will follow the trail from there, and death be to him who has robbed my brothers of the Karmiki. This is the sacred room. Nadeo. And there our God with great eye gone. Until moon gods see, evil spirits possess our children. The priests who were killed, they met their death in this room? Nadeo, they die at entrance. Many signs of struggle with robbers. Nagako think maybe it was Waziri of Marwa tribe. Or perhaps a Punya. Mm. Did your priests wear garments of silk? Silk? No. Only simple dress of animal skins. And yet there is a thread of silk caught in the rough timber of the doorframe. Neither the Mawas nor the Punyas know anything of silk. Indeed, that is right. You say they died by the knife. Strange knife. Made only small wound. Look, in the wall back of the idol. You see that hole? Indeed. Your priests died from the bullets of the Tarmangani's thunderstick. So? Outside the temple in the clay, I found the impression of a leather sole, yet there was no mark of a hard heel as worn by a European. And on that beam, there is the thread of silk. What Tarzan say true... But what it means? The defiler of your temple and the thief who stole the star sapphire is an Arab. But no Arab ever learned about Jewel of Moon God. One Arab did, and we're going to find him. And so began a long trek for Nagako, chieftain of the Karmiki, and for Tarzan, lord of the jungle. At times, the spoor of the fleeing Arab and his followers grew faint. But always there was a footprint in the clay, a man-broken branch of a tree a discarded fragment of equipment, or a message about the enemy relayed on the talking drums of the jungle. And then suddenly, near an abandoned French outpost, the trail was lost. If only there was someone living in these old buildings now, they might be able to tell us something. Many footsteps here. Not tell which are Arabs. And some of them lead down to that siding of the Kasalu Railroad. But if the thief boarded a train, there's no telling where he may have gone. What we do? I don't know. Maybe if we get out of this broiling sun, we may be able to think better. This end building looks best. That thatched roof has been on there for many years, but it does look in better condition than the others. Well, let's go in. And I guess it's been a long time since anyone ever lived in this one. Oh, old... no, Mr. Oh, we thought... Oh, the wind was against us. We, we could not tell. We thought the French had long since deserted this outpost. Oh, monsieur is correct. But Henri Duval is a sentimentalist. For 20 years, I am attaché here. 
I come here as a young man. It is my first appointment. Although political changes shrink my countrymen away, I remain. I am a sentimentalist. No, come in and have a seat. Santa. How do you exist here, Monsieur Duval? I own to be. The engineer of the Castle Railroad brings me a gift of ammunition every Bastille day. And there are berries and fruit. I would gladly share my simple dinner with you. Oh, visitors twice within the same number of days. I am too lucky. You have visitor yesterday? The handsome Arab on his way home to the arms of his beloved. An Arab, eh? Did you happen to learn his name? Mary. He was even Al-Suman, a romantic cavalier with a romantic story. Well, what we would like to know it is... It seemed the object of his affection has never given her heart to any man. And she has never worn any piece of jewelry. Well, that's very interesting, but Long we Long ago, she has swear only to wear a jewel that can match her beauty. Someday, someone give her a jewel she liked, and she will wear it. And he who has given her the token will be the chosen one. Now, even Al-Suman return home with a great jewel. A jewel? You saw it? It was a star sapphire? Mais oui. It was the size of an eagle egg and as brilliant as the lune. As brilliant as the moon. I am moon god. Is that not a charming story? Oh, you I like a thrilling love story. He's a sentimentalist. In what direction was the Arab headed? Where was he going? But I have told you. To the home of his beloved. Yes, where? Where? He, he traveled east to the city of Omdurmala. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as 11 99 per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Incredible as it seems, Ibn al-Suman had been in Andomara but a few days when Tarzan and Makako emerged from the jungle and made their way toward the center of the city. But once again, the path ahead was clouded with questions. Where in this maze of city dwellings lived the enemy they sought? They wandered down the tortuous street of Thebes and passed the Café Val Oriental as they pondered the question. <laughs> would be dangerous to ask too many questions. If they find Nagako, his free man, might try to take him slave. Do not become separated from me, Nagako. If anyone should... Arms, mighty men of the jungle, give this lowly Arab a small bakshish. Uh, we are sorry, but we have no coin of your country. Perhaps that jungle necklace you wear. 
In the marketplace, it would bring the price of a bowl of millet meal and sour pat. A tribal necklace. It is of little intrinsic value, my friend, but it means much to me. Oh, wait, I just remembered. I have a few francs forced upon me by a, a sentimental Frenchman. They are yours. Here. Oh, a thousand blessings on the white jungle man. Would that this humble servant of Allah could do you service. Perhaps you can. Can we trust you not to make loose talk? My lips can be like those of the mighty Sphinx. Good. We seek one named Ibn al-Suman. Do you know him? You are friends of his? We enemies. He has other enemies. He is a man who kicks beggars, who brings upon himself a thousand times a thousand curses. Ah, then you do know him. Can you lead us to where he lives? By Allah, I can. But if you are enemies, we had best wait until nightfall. Tomorrow night, perhaps. Why not tonight? Tonight he gives a great party. Today in the bazaar he received a sapphire necklace from a goldsmith who mounted the jewel for him. Yes? And tonight at the party he presents the costly bubble to the woman of his heart. If you will lead us, we will attend this party. As Allah is my witness, I warn you, he uses the scimitar with cunning skill. His guards are legion. And he would as casually snuff out your life as another man would put out a candle. Yet, if it is your will to go tonight, by Allah, I shall lead you. We'll return in just a moment to our story of Tarzan. In the distance, the blue Nile shimmered like a ribbon of silk in the moonlight, and the whitewashed minaret of the mosque gleamed like a skeleton finger. Limping his way back to the street of Thebes, a crippled beggar smiled, because perhaps tonight, Ibn al-Suman would reap the result of his curses. And outside the wall that surrounded the palatial palace of the Sheik, two men of the jungle crouched in the shadows... Why we wait, Tarzan? Why not fight Wayne? Take Sapphire. Kill enemy. <laughs> I hope to live to return to the jungle. As the midnight hour approaches, the guards grow less wary. Even now, they're becoming dull from too much food and wine. Throw rope ladder on wall now? Yes. Try to throw it in the most shadowed place. Ah, good throw. Climb wall now? Yes. Be careful of your footing, Nagako. Me careful. Follow me now. Very quiet now, Nagako. My guests, I have invited you to this party for a very special purpose. As many of you know, the beautiful Jumar has never deigned to wear any manner of jewelry. But tonight, even Al-Suman shall tempt Jumar with a prize beyond compare. I hope the fable jewel is worthy of your speech, Evan. <laughs> Believe me, it is my Jumar, and when you see it, you will accept the jewel and me. That's it. Where is it? Behold. The star sapphire of Karmitye. Oh, Ibn, it's magnificent. It, Ibn, watch out, savage. It's leaping from the walls. It's the man, they... Well, you cannot take sapphire. The black one has it. It's fleeing over the wall. He's escaped. Get the white one before he reaches the top. The guns, the guns. Mighty shot. His blood stains the top of the wall. We will comb the forest for the black one who has the jewel. The white one we will find dead. On the other side of the wall. Good morning, Effendi. I tie up your steed for you. Be quick about it, Rehan. I must see your mistress at once. Mim Sahib Junah, not in. She has gone to Pata. Then never mind tying my horse, Nubian. I shall return later. Effendi. Did you catch Jewel Thief? No, but we will. 
I have twice 200 men encircling the city. He will not get far. But at least your bullets kill white men of jungle. I do not know. It was less than a minute until my men had reached the spot where he dropped. But the body was gone. Gone? Oh, Ibn al-Suman. He will be laughing stock of city. I will not be laughed at by you, slave. Guard your tongue or you will feel my scimitar. There you are, Rehan. Did you not know I sent for you? I was just coming, Memsar. May I be of service? You can tell me what mystery transpires here. Mystery? Last night you were in attendance when I went to the party in my honor. After the skirmish, the body of the handsome white thief we believed dead was missing. And so were you. I was confused by battle. I ran to woods. Stopping here at the cafe only long enough to steal bandages and medicine and food. Is that not true, Rehan? It's true, Memsar. Unless you lead me to the place where you have hidden this tall white man... I will have you turned over to Ibn al-Suman and beaten. If you will come alone, I will lead you to his hiding place. You wake up, Tarzan. It is dark. You you are Nagako? Me, Nagako. We in cave. Tarzan unconscious many hours. Yes, I remember. The bullet in my side. Not try move. Bullet removed. Side bandage. But how did you get me to this cave? Where is it? Not far from Omdomara. Me got jewel. Then look back. Tarzan not there. Me turn around. Native dragging Tarzan toward woods. Nagako carry Tarzan to cave native knows. Then he goes away. Comes back with medicine, food, bandage. He must be a brave man. Who is he? Name Rehan. He's traitor to Karmiki. He's a Karmiki? Long ago, he taken slave. He tell mistress and even Al-Suman about Eye of Moon Idol. That's how Arab know about Jor. But why did he tell? Someone come. Who come? With Rehan, great chieftain. Rehan and woman. Why you bring woman? I forced him to bring me. Woman forced you. You call self Karmiki. Speech and dress have changed. And heart, too. Rehan. I always thought you were from Nuba. You are a Karmiki, and this is the Karmiki chief? Me, chief of Karmiki. But him not Karmiki now. Great chief Nagako. It's true I told about Jewel. And it's true also. I knew Alstomar would steal it. But it only so you and your men would follow him to Amdumara. I planned to help recover Jewel and return home to my people. It was my only way of escaping from slavery. I have helped you. Please take me back with you. Rehan calls death of temple guards and priests. Cannot take you home. Please. I won't let you go and he won't take you, Rehan. Enough of this. Where is the wounded white man? In dark corner there. But you... And you are the fool who risked your life for a jewel. It was my life that I risked. I did not gamble on others to satisfy my vanity. You insolent savage. My wounded side keeps me from turning so that you may slap the other cheek. So you are the woman for whom men steal and brave death. No man has ever dared to talk to me that way. Perhaps no man has ever seen you in your true colors. Nowhere in the jungle is there an animal as cruel and as ruthless as you. you? In the animal kingdom, the female cares for the young and tends the male when he is injured. And yet I suppose you think yourself superior to the hyenas and the apes. I've had to struggle all my life for what I've got. No one ever cared for me, and I've never cared for anyone. That is plain. Otherwise you would not have put the price of a jewel on your lap. I doubt that he who wins it will find your love worth the price. You speak bravely for one who lies helpless. I could give your hiding place away. And will you? No. 
I shall remain here and nurse you back to health. Week after week, Julnar did nurse Tarzan, though their relationship was most strange. Neither Tarzan nor Nagako, who refused to return home without his white brother, trusted the siren of Amdur Mara. And although Julnar brought nourishing foods and medicines to the cave, she never smiled at the man who had spoken roughly to her that first day. It seemed as though her only purpose was to prove Tarzan's first estimate of her wrong. Rayhan, bring the jump to Tarzan's couch. <laughs> A couch made of rock. At least your pampering won't make me too soft. Here, some rich broth. It will strengthen you. I have no appetite for invalid's food. You must gain strength. Even now, Ibn al-Suman watches me with, with suspicion. You must leave soon. No, another few days and oh, perhaps yes. I can. The Arabs, al-Suman and three of his men, they approach the cave. Ah, so, Julma, after all this pretense, you did lead them to us. I swear I did not. They must have followed me. I'm sorry. Yes, that was unkind of me to suspect you. If, if we escape, will they wreak vengeance on you? I can manage even. All right, then we must leave at once. Nagako, we must attack before they know what we're about. And then we must make for the jungle before more Arabs join them. Help me up. Tarzan, too weak to fight. I am too strong to lie here and be killed. And the eye of the moon god must be returned to Karmiki. He's so. Here, I held you up. My knife? Ah, here it is. Uh, take me with you, Nagako. Take me back to my people. They kill you because of priests and guards. Stay here. They come. We will not die without a struggle. Oh, I cannot look, Rayhan. Tell me what happened. They are out of the moment, sir. And Tarzan and the Gako head for edge of jungle. Gone. They would not take me back to my people. Memsab, you were necklace of Kamiki. It was Tarzan's. In the rush, he forgot to take it with him. But you say, if you ever put on jewel or necklace... It would mean that I had accepted a gift and the love of a man. As those two disappear into the jungle, Rehan, we both lose something we love and can never have again. Turn in just a moment with a word about our next story. It does not shine like gold, nor gleam like diamonds, but men have traveled the world looking for it. They have plunged into the bowels of the earth seeking it, and almost every time it is found, it brings war and suffering and death. For the first time, it is discovered in the heart of the jungle, and this time, too, it brings death and drama in the story Black Gold of Africa, which we relate in our next story. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced and directed by Walter White, Jr. Prepared for radio by Bud Lesser with original music by Albert Lesser. This is a Commodore production.
You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all times, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now, in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of black gold of Africa. It formed a strange picture, that curious admixture of modern and ancient in a corner of Saudi Arabia. Oil derricks of modern steel dotted the horizon as far as the eye could see. But huddled beneath the metal skeletons, there lay a city as old as the Orient. Curio dealers leaned against their carts. Beggars dozed in shadowed doorways. The city drowsed with the indolence of Asia. A few men in soiled white linen lounged on a piazza in front of the land office. Suddenly, its door flew open. A man darted out. Others followed, their guns blazing as they pursued the lone figure down the line of the street. They, they almost got me. It's fine. There, there they go. I don't know about this place, Governor. You, you saved my life. That is something one does not expect from a stranger. You're no stranger to me, Governor. I've been waiting all day for you. But for a minute, I thought you might have the other way when I chased you. I knew they'd be chasing you. Who are you? And what do you know? <laughs> Pardon me by skipping the introductions. Name's Herbert Graves, Governor. And, of course, you're the Honorable Alexis Barron. Only there's some gents in this town don't think you're so honorable. Just what do you mean by that? I mean, some folks don't think it's cricket to take money from one government to develop oil fields and then sell out to another government. You know too much. For two cents, I... I wouldn't fire that gun, Governor. Your friends would be back this way before you knew what hit you. Hey, what's at the back of your mind? You said you've been waiting here for me all day. Why? Well, I figured you might need some help, mighty. And Herbert Grives is always one to help a friend for a price. And what is your price? You find out, matey. And you better go along with Herbert Grives, little plan, or all you copper faster than you can go through a pound note at the Savoy Bar. It's crazy, I tell you. I don't know anything about gold mining. You're an engineer, ain't you? Yes, but I've spent my whole life in the oil industry. Yes, I know, Governor. But you've got money in and no engineering. You won't join me, you're going to join your maker. I can make a tidy sum turning you over to the government. And don't you forget it. Yeah. When do we leave? That's better. We leave tonight, Governor. We take the Red Sea to the Gulf of Aden, and then we go along the African coast until we reach Mombasa. We buy our equipment there, and then head for the Middle Congo. The Middle Congo? That's right, matey. And now that you're showing sense, I'll let you see the map. Yeah. Yeah, this is where they say there's gold. The southern part of French Equatorial Africa. Yeah. That's Tarzan's country. Tarzan? Never heard of a bloke with that name. I have. He killed my brother. He did? What you know? My <laughs> enthusiasm for your venture increases now, Mr. Graves. Perhaps you can find your gold 
And I can avenge my brother's death. Now, blow me, I don't want to get mixed up in no killings. If I'm any judge of character, you're no stranger to crime. I'll help you find the gold all right. And you'll help me kill Tarzan. If I need any help. Now, look, Governor, I... Now, I really don't expect to need you. Actually, there are two things I know a great deal about. Oil and murder. We shall return to our story in just a moment. High in the upper level of jungle growth, Tarzan rested in the crotch of a tree, watching the amusing antics of the monkeys. The man who's always delighted him. He smiled broadly and filled his lungs with a warm, sweet air of spring. Suddenly he tensed. In that air was the scent of the Gomangani, the scent of a native, perhaps an unfriendly one. He swung from tree to tree until he was directly over the spot from which the scent had come, and then he dropped to the ground. <laughs> it's you, Nagama. Uh, at first I feared enemies. Well, Nagama, enemies, she could not have been frightened more. Oh, I'm sorry I frightened you. But I hardly expected to find a woman roaming in the jungle alone. Nagama had to come alone, Tarzan. You had to come alone? Why? If Punya chief and warriors find Nagama looks for Tarzan to help in time of trouble, they're much angry. But I've always been happy to help the Punyas. Punyas, proud people, Tarzan. Not like to come running to White Brother with problems. Nothing's wrong with Torgo. No, Nagama's son as well as rest. But all of Punyas have trouble. Since great dry spell, Katia corn grows poorly. Colonel the cow gives little milk. And the people need many things. But surely the jungle abounds in fruit and game and all else you require. That not enough. Missionaries teach us use of white man's medicine and books and other things. And to have these, punyas must have money. Oh, money causes real troubles, Nagama. But if you really want it, well, why do you not dig the gold that Tamangani everlastingly seeks? Gold deep in caves cannot dig without much expensive tools. Since sample to mining company in White Man City, no message is returned. It is well that the Tamanganis did not answer your message. Still, you have a problem, and Tarzan will attempt to help you solve it. <laughs> Tarzan guided Nagama as far as the edge of the Punya's village, and then he returned to his lair. As night fell, he turned his eyes to the sky, searching for an answer to the problem of his black brothers. And then suddenly all thoughts of the Punya's were forgotten as a fresh scent assailed his nostrils. Close at hand was the Tarmangani. According to your precious map, my friend, this is about the spot we're looking for. But there's nothing here but tangled weeds and rocks. Ah, the natives would have guided us to the spot if you hadn't been such a pinchpenny. It is easy for you to speak about spending another's money. You'll be getting half of it, Governor. Half of what? Half of the meat you swallowed in some rotten dive in Mombasa. It's here, I tell you. Somewhere in this bloody section there's enough gold to... Shut up, you fool. Shouting that word loud enough for everyone in the Congo to hear. Ah, what's going on here, Governor? Got a few nerves like you had a bobby on each side of you pushing you through the gates of Oak Bailey. There's no one around here to hear me. You're wrong, Tarzan. So, you have come to seek gold in Tarzan's jungle. Oh, blimey, that's the bloke you told me about. Be quiet. What did he tell you? I, <laughs> I, I told him something of your unusual reputation for justice, Tarzan. I said that before we made any move, we must contact you. Why should the Tamanganis who come to this jungle to steal gold have need to contact me? Uh, it's this way, mighty. Quiet. Yeah. I will explain. Tarzan, your choice of the verb steal is inadvised. We plan to make a proper arrangement with the natives of the district. If we can locate gold, we will enlist their help and share the profit. You mean you would pay them money? Exactly. We contribute mining skill and equipment, and they will furnish the land and the labor. 
Is that not fair? Yes, it is. Seldom have I heard white men speak as honestly. I'm, I'm sorry that I misjudged you at first. Think nothing of it, Governor. We all make mistakes. It so happens that this is the land of the punyas. If you find gold here, they will welcome the opportunity of working for you and of receiving recompense. And, of course, <laughs> you will not forget, Tarzan. I have no need of money. But the punyas are my friends, and I will do everything with my power to help them. And you. We thank you. Allow me to introduce my friend, Mr. Graves, Tarzan. And I am Alex Schneider. Yes, Schneider. On a case for you, Mikey. Uh, just ahead. Are you tired? Not if there's gold in them caves, I ain't. That I do not know. But the cave from which the punya sent the sample is among them. Nagama does not remember which one. Well, it's a fine idea, do, ain't it, Governor? Huh? I said that's a fine idea, too, ain't it? I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention to your conversation. Uh, I was observing the shale-like quality of the soil around the rocks. Huh? You think there's gold in it? Gold? No. Ah, and I'm not interested in that. <laughs> well, here's something you are interested in, Mr. Graves. Hmm. The cave, hidden behind all them bushes. Say, it's mighty dark in there. I have my flashlight with me. Oh, a single flashlight will do little good in the great darkness of the cave. But I anticipated the need for light. Last night I left these torches soaking in this pool. You're going to light them and you, and you left them soaking overnight in water? Are you deaf, man? <laughs> well, this is not water, my friend. This is the liquid the natives call alul, light water. It makes the torches burn more brightly. Here, I will light them. Say, they give a fine lot. Smell it, though. Yeah, you'll need to carry one. Then if there is gold within the caves, you shall be able to tell. Come on. Walk carefully. Your boots cannot grasp the rock as easily as my bare feet. Rock's spooky, aren't it, Governor? Huh? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the sight? Think there's any gold? Huh? All right. I'll have to look. Bring your torches over by the wall here. Yeah, have a good look, Professor. Herbert Rides knows if there's gold. You're the man to find it. In a way, I hope there is no gold. And yet the punyas think they need money. Oh, they'll get us through, but they will. We'll keep them fair and square, we will. I depend on that. Oh, Professor. Have you seen anything? Not much. Speak up, man. Is there any gold? Is there now? Some. Where are you going, Governor? I have seen enough. Let us leave this unpleasant hole in the earth. Where's he gone, Governor? Off to sleep in some tree somewhere, you fool. Yeah, I thought he'd never leave us alone. Well? Well? What? Well, what he says. It barely makes it out of Saudi Arabia. We have the devil's own time buying that equipment in Mombasa. We lose our lives almost a dozen times in the jungle. And for what? For gold! Is there a right there any gold in that cave? I said there was some. Oh, you did, did you? Well, that was nice of you, Governor. Yet that you hardly bothered to look at the blooming cave. Too high and mighty you are. Be quiet. And let me tell you something, Herbert Graves. We are not in civilization now, and you will not be able to inform on me. If you bellow at me once more, 
I will kill you as well as Tarzan. I, I, I mean no harm. All I wanted to know is what we might have found. Unless I'm sadly mistaken, the gold in this section wouldn't say five dollars a ton. Until we transport it to the coast, it would be worth no more than sawdust. Oh, no, Governor. Oh, you're pulling my leg, huh? That ain't true. It is true. There is none of the gleaming gold you see here. But the country is rich in black gold. Black gold? It is a name that men in the petroleum industry use for crude oil. You mean... You mean there's oil here, Governor? Great surface pools of it. It was in rich oil that Tarzan soaked those torches. Even you noticed the odor and the smoke as it burned. Well, my gosh, rich. You know what I saw in the smoke from those torches? What do you see, Governor? Great pipelines through the jungle to Pointe-Noir. A fleet of tankers sailing from there. And here... Thousands of blacks sweating in oil fields. And Alexis Varin has lord of the jungle. How about Tarzan? He will be dead. And so. We'll be back with the conclusion of this episode of Tarzan in just a moment. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Tarzan's respect for money was not great. The same cannot be said of the man Alexis Varon combed from the waterfront dives of half a dozen equatorial cities. For money, they temporarily deserted their favorite retreats and came to his black gold bonanza in the jungle. They were armed with pistols and bullwhips, scimitars and antiquated cutlasses. For these were the foremen who were to direct the workers recruited from among the native tribes. Oh, get moving, you lazy swine! You there, pick up that box of grill. I'll tell you when to rest. How's it coming, Bo? All right, as long as you drive them. Let up for a minute and they quit on the job. You, want me to feel a quip again? Let them have it. Yeah. Uh, How do you like that? You're a right-handed cheat there, whip, Bo. I'll put in a good word for you with a box. Where is he? His Highness has gone calling with Tarzan. Seems like there's a squad of trouble at one of the native crawls. What have you to say to these charges, Mr. Schneider? They are completely without foundation. The woman has made them up. Magano, not lie. Men reach village each night, dropping with exhaustion, and there are great wealth across back. Of course the men are tired. They are unused to chopping trees and clearing brush and building derricks. Men also unused to whips. I leave it to you, Tuss. Have you seen any of my foremen use whips? No. There have never been any whips used within my sight. But it seems you invent many errands for me to run so that I will not be near the camp. And there are the marks. Perhaps it is some jungle insect or disease. I would recognize those signs. Mr. Schneider, while I hesitate to doubt the word of you or your men, I have never known the people of Punya to depart from the truth. Well, perhaps without my knowledge, some of my men have if been... If I obtain proof of any beatings, I shall drive every Tamangani from the jungle. 
You misled me when you said it was gold for which this heavy equipment was needed. And you will not mislead me again. Does that satisfy you, Nakama? There, there is one thing more. The money. But your men are paid at the end of each day's work. It's true. Punya's paid. Then Tom again, you follow them, hit him over the head, and steal money back. I tell you, Tarson, the woman is mad. These stories are fantastic. Perhaps. But I have a plan to end this particular fantasy. I shall be happy to cooperate in any of Tarson's plans. The money coming to the natives will be paid to me. I will care for it until they have need. No one will rob Tarzan, and no one will be able to find a hiding place where I will keep it. That drilling is driving me deaf, Captain. The natives will work all night if necessary. Sometimes I can't understand you. Having them load all these coins in this big sack, too. That is the payroll for the natives. <laughs> I expect Tarzan in for it any moment. Are you deaf, man? Why aren't you giving him piper money or gold? Unless I decide to kill you before you learn, you may find out one of these days that I do things for a purpose. And what blooming purpose can Carson you... is taking the payroll to some secret hiding place. With this heavy sack over his shoulder, he will travel slowly enough for me to follow him. I want to know where he hides our money. Well, I think I Are you in there, Snyder? Coming, Carson. <laughs> Keep the men working late. <laughs> Just until number one comes to. Perhaps we will reach oil tonight. Then we can be more leisurely. I will permit this late work one more night. Then after this, the men will stop when Cuda the sun has finished his ride across the heavens. Are you going to stand for him giving orders, Governor? Of course. Tarzan is lord of the jungle. I have come for the men's wages. Everything is as agreed. There is the money in that sack. Good. Ah. I will see you in the morning. Is the sack heavy, mighty? Not very. Good night. Ah, the blooming braggart. Not heavy, he says. Why don't you do him in while we get him inside? Never underrate the enemy, Mr. Graves, and never make an impulsive move. I have been waiting for a heaven-sent opportunity. I will continue to wait until it comes. I shall follow Tarzan now, and if I am lucky, the opportunity might come. Tonight. Although Tarzan had scoffed at the weight of the sack, it grew heavy even before he had reached the outer edge of the clearing that the Tarmangani had carved in the virginal forest. Abandoning his plan to travel by the upper level, he made his way slowly through the dense vegetation, and behind him, against the wind, stalked Alexis Varon, the man who was waiting for an opportunity. But the killer who stalked Varon had no intention of waiting. Numa, the lion, was hungry for the meat of man. Help! 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 I'm coming! I'm coming! Help! Tarzan! Help! Help! will teach him. What are you doing, Tarzan? Why do you put your foot on him? He's dead. Anyway, I picked up a rock to use as a weapon in case you had any more wobble. Ah! <coughs> there. <laughs> that takes care of you, Tarzan. You see, as it turned out, my dear friend, the rock also proved effective against you. <laughs> Pleasant dream. Hey there! Hey there! 
off. The bloody well spattered off half an hour ago, and it's flooded off the valley. Have you kept it the way I told you? I couldn't do that, Governor. It was coming too fast. But we've got the natives digging trenches and mud halls to hold it back. Ah, good. Everything inside is soaked with oil. You smell it? One of these fine days, I'll be riding down Park Lane in a blooming Rolls Royce. That's a long way off, Graves. We have much to do. But the first order of business is for you to take a couple of the men and follow me into the jungle. I want you to carry Tarzan back to our hut. Carry him back? What happened? A lion attacked me and Tarzan pounced on it and killed it. While he was going through some ritual of being to the moon, I brought him down at the rock. Later, I'll kill him. You're still going to kill the blood after what he done for you? This is the opportunity I spoke of. Well, if you're going to do him in, why not do it where he is and now? If I fired a gun in the first... Every native within earshot would come running. As soon as the oil is controlled, you can send the natives home. Then I can avenge my brother's death. Why have you bound me and brought me here? I have my reasons, Tarzan. I'll say it does, mighty. It is true. I I have been positive in my orders to you. But it was only to protect the natives who are my friends. You should have no malice toward me, Mr. Schneider. <laughs> At this point, I think it is safe to reveal that my name is... Varen. Varen. I shall turn the wick of this lamp higher. Perhaps you may observe a facial resemblance to my brother, whom you killed... I have never killed man or beast except in self-defense. And in your brother's case, I, I do not even do that. He was killed by a stampeding herd of elephants he was attempting to take back to captivity. You killed him and I'm going to kill I him. I attempted to save your brother. His terror made him run into the path of the elephants. I did my best to save him, but I was too late. Explanations will do you little good now. I said, Graves, what are you doing with my gun? I use it on you. Not all like blokes that want to kill someone who's just saved their bloody life. And you and I reach an understanding about this oil, Tarzan. The bargain I made in the beginning. Watch out, Graves! You stupid fool! I got you! Now get up! Watch out! The lamp! Fire! The old place is going up in flames! And oil over everything! Come on, Graves! Let's get off the field! and Baron ran for the protection of the jungle as fire enveloped everything within sight. The men in the oil fields, natives and whites, fled before the onrushing stream of liquid fire that rolled over the field. And in the cabin, Tarzan wriggled toward the flame. He held out his arms and legs until the fire bit through the thongs. His eyes blurred with pain and his head swam. Yet he made his way through the inferno that was the burning hut. He ran across the field with all the power of his great body, faltering for a moment to pick up one white man beneath each arm. But at last, despite his heavy load and his burns, reached the blessed protection of the damp forest. Now you are safe, Mr. Graves and Mr. Varen. You, you saved my life again. You saved Graves and me. Why? Yeah. Why did you save us? So that you may return to civilization and tell the Tamangani that this is Tarzan's jungle. Tarzan's and his brothers, those with skins of ebony and those whose coats are of fur. This time I have been lenient. The next time I will not be. Go now. Blimey. They'll never believe this back in Petticoat Lane.
return in just a moment. Our next story is called Tarzan and the Coward. It might be well to ask ourselves, where does courage end and foolhardiness begin? And exactly what is cowardice? Sometimes the answers become apparent in civilized countries, but it is self-evident in a land that teems with danger and savagery and dramatic death. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!